You're listening to Broadview Church Sermon Audio. For more information or to donate to this ministry, go to broadviewchurch.ca. The lesson this morning, I want us to just think about some things we talk about or something referred to as comfort zones. We all have what we call comfort zones or circles in which we are comfortable. Now, for some of us, that is in our personal space. You know, you sometimes will talk to somebody and they are a little bit close for your personal space. And so that's, that's within, uh, that makes you uncomfortable. Uh, or we have certain foods that we like to eat. That, that's within our comfort zone. We, certain foods that maybe we grew up with or, or, you know, if they take, if somebody wants to take us to a restaurant and we say, well, that's not really my thing. Uh, so we have those things that we're comfortable with or the places where we go, where we might drive. For some people, we will, we like to drive out in the country or if we have to go to the city and go down to Vancouver, for example, then some of us are not as comfortable as others. Uh, I do remember when we drove uh, we're driving in New York City one time, and, and actually I loved it. Uh, everybody else in my vehicle wasn't quite as comfortable as I was, but we all have our comfort zones. Uh, we have comfort zones in terms of people that we associate with, uh, whether they're people of certain kind of character or personalities, and sometimes they're of a different character or personality. It's beyond our comfort or the work that we do, certain kind of comfort that we have within it. We even have comfort zones when it comes to exercising our faith. We have comfort zones when it comes to things that we will pray for. We're certain things where we're okay. Well, I'll pray for that, but really I'm going to pray for that. That's beyond what we may be comfortable with. Or how we share our faith. We have those zones within which we are comfortable or not. Well, our Bible text this morning uh, talks about several people who also had comfort zones. and um, But they took a risk. They took a risk and stepped beyond what was comfortable or acceptable in their day. And by doing so, they experienced life that was life-changing for them, life-changing results in their lives. Now, the truth is it's primarily as we step beyond our comfort zone that we experience change in our lives, that our lives are changed. And often it's that in those places beyond that where we make a difference in the world in which we live. Over the next few months, we want to return back to the Gospel of Matthew after going through the book of Philippians. Um, earlier last year, we, we started in the book of Matthew and we got to the end of the Sermon on the Mount as we looked at the radical kingdom that Jesus Christ was ushering in and as he was inviting us to. And uh, we want to pick it up again, and this time we're going to pick it up after the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 8 as we learn about radical living as we learn to live and apply to our lives how we might live what Jesus taught and and what Jesus uh, teaches us as we live life Jesus' way. So I'm going to invite you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, get your Bible and turn to Matthew and follow along. Uh, That's one advantage. I like it being outdoors. We don't have a screen, so you actually have to bring something along to follow along in your Bible. Uh, If you're at home, it'll be on screen, but encourage you to take your scriptures out and, and follow along. Uh, in Matthew chapter 5 to 7, we read of how Jesus had gone up to the mountainside, up to the mountainside in the area of Galilee, and the crowds had gathered. And the crowd gathered there around him, and his disciples, they, they joined him there, and he began to teach them, and he taught them some very profound teaching. When he had finished, it says at the end of chapter 7, it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. And now we come to chapter 8. In chapter 8, verse 1, it says, When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. 
a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, My servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed, for I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished, and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And a servant was healed at that very hour. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the scriptures, the Bible that we have, that we can read about Jesus when he walked on this earth and as he taught, and the very teaching and the things that he did as he touched the lives of people. And this morning, as we take a few moments to think about, consider what happened back then and the implication for our lives today, we pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, would open our hearts and our minds to listen to what you want to say to us. And that you would move us to the place where we would respond and live life in the radical way that you would want for us. And so we open ourselves to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Now in our message this morning, um, I have two main points that challenge us to go beyond what is comfortable for us. And the first one is reaching beyond the comfortable in approaching Jesus. And secondly, reaching beyond the comfortable and serving others around us. So let's look at, first of all, at our need to reach beyond the comfortable in, in approaching Jesus. See the wind blows my notes around here. In approaching Jesus, because we find that in the lives of these people that approach Jesus, they both reach beyond what was comfortable or what was acceptable in their day as they approach Jesus. We find the leper. We find where Jesus is, is, is coming down from the mountain and the crowds are following Jesus. And as they're following, a leper approaches Jesus. Now that's significant. Now for most of us, that, that seems like a leper. What's a leper? And, and I looked at it, and, and we say, well, we don't have leprosy in North America. Well, actually, we do. Uh, uh, they, they say that in Canada, 2 to 10 people uh, get leprosy every year. And in the U.S., 150 to 250 people get leprosy every year, according to the statistics that are out there. And, and so this is a, a disease. It's, a, it's a, uh, um, an infection 
Now, I'm not a medical person at all, but it's some kind of a long-term infection that affects the nerves, and so and it affects the nerves and, and what they feel and touch, and especially the extremities of the body. And so they find that often these people, they wouldn't be able to feel, and so they may put their fingers where they shouldn't, and so it, actually they would lose their limbs often because some of those things. But also it, it, it dramatically affected them, and it was an infectious disease in their day. Uh, and as they... They then, in, in order to protect the community, God set in place what they needed to do to protect them. And so in Leviticus chapter 13, it tells us about these people that had these skin diseases, or we translate it as leprosy. Uh, they were to go to the priest. The priest was to look at them, and if he in fact determined that it was leprosy that they had, they had to leave the community and live outside the city. And so they actually were 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 isolated outside of the city so they were not to be in contact with the people at large. And so they were considered as outcasts. They were considered unclean. And so can you imagine being a leper and, and finding out, I mean, if we in our day have people that don't want to go get tested for COVID because all the things that they may affect them, imagine back in their day if in fact they determined that they would have to live outside the city in isolation and away from people until they were healed and that could take a long time. And so they were people that were considered people as outcasts. And imagine the feeling of rejection within yourself as you are one of these people. You now have to stay away from people. And and not only did you feel rejected, you were rejected often by your friends. You couldn't be with your friends and family the way that you would desire to be. And in some ways, that would seem like a life sentence. And we feel like we, we are hard done by if we need to isolate for a couple of weeks uh, due to COVID. Uh, this was so much more significant for them. But but even this leper, this leper, he, in spite of all that, he took a risk. And he took a risk knowing that he was not supposed to be around people, but he knew that Jesus could heal him. And so he took that risk and he approached Jesus even though there was the crowd around him, fearing rejection that the people now again would mock him and tell him to get out from where they were and the humiliation that could come with him. But he was willing to step beyond what was comfortable to approach Jesus. The centurion was also reaching beyond what was comfortable or acceptable in his day when he reached out to touch Jesus or to approach Jesus. Because he was among the Romans and the Romans had, had conquered as, as much of the world in their day and, and they conquered Israel and they were, they were, um, they were, you might say, oppressing the Jews. At least that was the impression that was there. But the Jews were their subjects, and so they would rule over them. And, and to them, they were the Romans, and the Jews were beneath them of kind. Now, to the Jews, the Romans were the pagans. They were their oppressors. They were the ones that occupied their territory, and so they hated the Jews. And so here's the centurion, even though he was of the Romans and a proud people, And even though he was there, he reached beyond what was considered acceptable and what would have been comfortable to approach Jesus. He went beyond his comfort zone. After all, what would his people say when they found out that he had gone to a Jew? You see, we also can approach Jesus. But it's interesting for us how often we can also find it uncomfortable to approach him. There's times when we are uncomfortable approaching Jesus, sometimes because we feel unworthy. Because we feel we are unworthy to come to him. And we feel that we have to somehow get our place to ourselves to a place where we're now finally worthy to talk to Jesus. Sometimes we feel we don't want to talk to him or it's uncomfortable for us because we feel guilt. 
Because we know the things that we have done that we ought to have done where we have sinned. And for us to not, to, to approach Jesus now, he will then find out what I've done as if he doesn't know. But sometimes we feel guilty and it's uncomfortable for us to approach Jesus. Sometimes it's uncomfortable for us because we are foolish. Or we feel foolish, I should say, to where before, for all those years, I, I, I talked about Jesus as if he's not real, as if he doesn't make a difference. You mean now I'm going to come and approach Jesus to the very person that I declared didn't exist before? Will I approach Jesus? That will be beyond my comfort zone. Or we might feel vulnerable of approaching Jesus, but I feel vulnerable. Or maybe if you feel self-sufficient, I should be able to handle this on my own. I shouldn't need any help. Or maybe it's just simply unfamiliar. If we're not familiar with approaching Jesus, how do I do it? What's the right way? What can I do? For many of us, it can be uncomfortable. But we can approach him. He's inviting us. He's invited us to come to him, to bring everything to him. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And he's always inviting some of the most unlikely people to approach him. And it may be uncomfortable for us. We may feel unworthy, unacceptable, unsure, or proud, whatever. But we're all invited to come. What a friend we do have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Now, in order for us to approach Jesus, we have to recognize our need. They recognized and they acknowledged their need and they approached Jesus. So we also need to recognize our need so as we come to him. So we come to Jesus, but also like the leper and the centurion, we need to come to Jesus and worship and respect We find the leper, when the leper approached Jesus, what did he do? We're in person, you can actually answer. He knelt down. He came to Jesus, and it says in verse 2 that he came and knelt down before him. This this kneeling down before Jesus was a a symbolic uh, salutation of an inferior to uh, a superior, acknowledging that he needed Jesus and he was at Jesus' mercy, and recognizing that Jesus was the one that could make a difference in his life. And so he came and worshipped before Jesus. As we approach Jesus, I believe we also need to bow down before him and worship him. To not just come alongside and say, okay, Jesus, now please do this for me or do this for me, whatever. Uh, I mean, he is a friend, but he's more than that. But to take time to acknowledge who he is, to worship him, to declare him as the one who is the one that is the one that can meet our need. He can meet, and we are inadequate, but he is totally adequate. To recognize and proclaim the greatness and adequacy of God. But we find also the centurion, he respected Jesus. He respected Jesus and the authority of Jesus. When he came to Jesus, he said, you know what, I'm, I'm not even worthy to have you to my house. Recognizing that Jesus was, was, was amazing and he was the God to be worshipped. He respected the authority of Jesus, knowing that he was unworthy himself. And in a similar way, I believe we also need to respect Jesus, if you would, 
Not to simply command Jesus to do this for us. He's not our gopher. He's not simply there for us to command him and tell him what to do. But we can come to him and ask him and invite him, knowing that he is God Almighty and he can make a powerful difference in our lives. So we approach Jesus in worship and respect, but we also need to come to him in faith. We find that the leper came in faith to Jesus. He didn't doubt the ability of Jesus. He wasn't standing around and thinking, you know what, I've heard this stuff about Jesus, but I really doubt that he will. But I'm going to risk it, but I'm not sure that he's capable. He did not doubt the ability. He didn't doubt the person of Jesus. But he said to Jesus, if you are willing, I know you can do this. It's a matter of if you're willing to do it or not. He had faith that Jesus could do this. The centurion also did not have doubt that Jesus could heal his servant. You see, there's no indication that we have anywhere that Jesus had ever healed at a distance before. You mean, not only could Jesus touch the person there and heal him, but he had so much faith that he believed, Jesus, you just say it and it's going to happen. I mean, after all, he could tell his servants what to do so Jesus could do it. So he had faith that Jesus could do that. He totally believed that Jesus could heal at a distance. It was only whether Jesus would decide to do it or not. And Jesus was astonished at his faith. As a matter of fact, he says, this guy has so much faith, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. And I believe we also need to come to Jesus in faith. To come in faith believing. Believing in who he is and what he is capable of doing and that he still does these things in our lives today. And it takes for us to step beyond what is comfortable for us, to step out on a limb and to ask God to do this in our lives or in the world around us. And I believe sometimes for us that step of faith is to even to ask publicly to let other people know that we are asking. Sometimes we don't want to to make it public, let people know we're asking because What if God doesn't answer? But if we are in faith coming to us, you know, we are trusting God and we ask together along with others. And so there's a time when it's good for us to to do this in a public context. Not simply coming to God in wishful thinking, saying, God, you know, I really wish that you would still do this today and I really wish you would do this, but you know what? Probably not, but I really wish you would. But it's kind of like we wish we could gather back together with the whole group. It's probably not going to happen, but we wish a little more faith in that to where we actually believe that Jesus can do this and come to him in faith believing. And then when Jesus answers our prayer, it is helpful for us to document the work of Jesus. Now, when the leper was healed, what did Jesus tell him? He told him, he says, don't tell anybody except go to the priest. Go to the priest and he will declare you to be clean. Now, I wonder why he told him not to tell anybody else. I wonder if he knew that the leper would get sidetracked, <laughs> you know, to go tell all his buddies, look what happened to me, and, and maybe never get to the priest after all. Maybe it was that, or, or maybe it was, in fact, that he was ceremonially unclean until he had gone to the priest, and that would be declared clean. It's kind of like having your COVID vax card, right? You know, you've got it now. You can tell people, whatever. Uh, but but he, he, he was declared to be clean. The centurion, the document of the fact that the servant was healed. Because it tells us that the, that the servant was healed the very hour that, Jesus, that the centurion was talking to Jesus. So the 
must have somehow noted it and recorded it that in fact this happened and when it happened and that it happened at that very time. I believe it's also very helpful for us to document when God answers prayer in our lives. To document answers to prayer, it's good for us. And I think we can do this in several ways. And I think there's one way that we can do this is if God heals us physically, if there's a physical healing that is accomplished, is to actually go to the doctors and confirm that healing. Now, I know different people will say, well, you shouldn't go to the doctor because if you go to the doctor, that demonstrates your lack of faith. Then Dirk over there would be out of work if we didn't go to him. We, but, but in fact, you know, we, we, it goes to confirm. If, if God has in fact healed us, what are we afraid of? Are we afraid that we're wrong? But in fact, God has healed us. It can confirm that the healing has taken place and document for the world to see. If, we are, if God answers prayer in different ways, we can document it through to writing in a journal to where we record in a journal, here's what we prayed for and here's how God answered that prayer. Because as we then later can look back to and say, God answered prayer here and there and in different places. Or also to document as a public witness to what God has done, to let people know around us. You say, well, how am I going to do that? How am I going to document publicly that God has answered prayer? You know, we don't have any means whereby we communicate things publicly these days, do we? We put everything else out there on social media. And so we put all the stuff out there. But why not on social media, fill social media with answers to prayer? Why not put it out there how God has answered prayer in our lives rather than all the negativity and criticism and conspiracy stuff that we tend to put out there? Rather than that, put out, here's how God has answered prayer. And this is what we have seen God do. And see the difference that that can make. So that as we document it, it reminds us of how Christ has worked in the past and our faith is strengthened. It also proves of the reality of the actual difference in a very practical way that God makes in our lives besides providing eternity for us, but in, in very practical ways in our lives here on earth. It acts as a witness to other people, letting them know that God is at work and he's alive and at work in our world today. And it certainly does not demonstrate a lack of faith. So we need to approach Jesus. We're invited to approach Jesus, to approach him in worship and respect, to come to him in faith, and then to document what he has done and what he does in our lives. So we need to approach Jesus and to go beyond the comfortable in approaching him. But we also need to reach beyond the comfortable in serving others around us. It's important for us to reach into the lives of people around us. As a matter of fact, Christ has called us to reach into the lives of people around us and make a difference in their lives as he is at work in and through us. We are here to serve and not just to be served. We don't come to faith and then then go, okay, now feed me and do this for me and do that for me. We're in fact called to together serve and make a difference in this world in which we live. Jesus served so that others could serve. Jesus took his 12 disciples and he taught them how to serve. And he sent them out to serve. And then he told them to go out and do this. Go serve. As a matter of fact, he said, you will do greater things than what I did. You will do greater works than what I have done. He told them that. He sent them out to serve and he sent us out to serve as well. And he calls us to reach beyond what is comfortable for us to touch the lives of people around us to reach beyond our comfortable zones, if you would. To reach beyond the comfortable, to touch the lives of people that we might 
uncomfortably call the untouchables. Now, we would never admit that that's what they are. But in and of ourselves, that's often how we might feel. Jesus reached into the lives of people that were considered untouchables in his day. When the leper came to Jesus, Jesus didn't step back and say, okay, keep your distance. I'm going to heal this one from a distance. What did Jesus do? He reached out and he touched him. A no-no in his time. He touched the life of somebody who was considered an outcast in his day. He was willing to go beyond the comfortable and reach into that life. And Jesus was willing to heal this Gentile, this, 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 these people that were oppressing them. Jesus didn't say to the centurion first, he says, first of all, if you want me to, te- to heal your servant, you tell your people to back off and get out of here. Once you leave us alone, then come back and talk to me. He didn't do that. He said, your servant is healed. He reached beyond what was comfortable to reach into the lives of what many of the Jews would have considered to be a people you shouldn't touch. And I wonder who are our untouchables? Who are people that are beyond our comfort zones in our world? Sometimes in our world, people that we are uncomfortable reaching into and touching is people from a different race. Now, in our world, we would never admit that. But sometimes there are people around us that we respond to. And, and all the, 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 the awful things I've heard sometimes coming out of the mouths of people that call themselves Christians about people of a different race and nationality. And I think, how dare we? But sometimes we treat them as untouchable. Or people of a different religion. They wear different clothes, they look different, and they worship differently than we do. And so sometimes we condemn them and we refuse to reach out and touch their lives. Those can be untouchables for us in our own mind. Sometimes the people that we might consider as untouchable are the people that struggle with mental illness. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And so we avoid and stay away from rather than reach in and touch lives. Or people that are struggling spiritually. People that are struggling in their spiritual lives. We, we, we see these people and, and, and it's like, oh no, I might get drawn into what they're struggling with. And so sometimes we treat those people as people that we don't want to touch. Or people that are living on the streets. And we don't want to get involved in their lives. We don't want to touch them. We ignore them. Won't talk to them. These can be untouchables in our minds far too often. Never mind people that are dealing with infectious diseases as we have in our world. Or what about people that are of a different sexual orientation? Do we consider them as untouchable? We need to look at our lives. We can be so easy to look at others, but what is it in my life that might be uncomfortable for me, that I might say, you know what, God has called me to reach into the lives of people that I might be uncomfortable with, but he's called me to do so. We need to reach out to those who are considered untouchable, maybe our friends that we have around us. And we need to reach out and touch them. And sometimes we need to actually touch them physically. 
to actually reach out and, and, to, and to touch, put a hand on their shoulder, whatever. There are some people that actually need a hug. Now, in our world, I know we're not supposed to do these things. Uh, all right? But, but in, in a world in which we, we, do, we, we reach out and we actually touch people. They need it. We all need it. And how many times, and that's one of the things that's been a struggle during this COVID season, is the fact that we're not supposed to shake hands, never mind not hug people. And how many times I just want to go up and give somebody a great big hug and I look forward to when we are allowed to do that again but where we need to do that to where we we make a difference and what we also reach into their lives and, and touch them spiritually where we are willing to come alongside and pray for them in person where we're willing to come alongside and encourage them for some of them just to talk to them to be there to talk to them and then to talk about Jesus and the difference that he makes in our lives but to go where they are rather than simply to wait them to come to us, but to go where they are. Remember, they also have a comfort zone. And I'm reminded of, of, of I grew up in a, in a very uh, legalistic uh, community and family, and in the early days particularly, and, and, and one of the things we were absolutely not allowed to do was dance or have any alcohol, period, absolutely. And you shouldn't be anywhere where that happens. And so I remember going to my, my cousin's wedding in that side of the family, that particular family. They were, they were not church people. And so we went to their wedding, and then after the wedding, they, they were going to have, after the reception, they were going to have a dance. Well, my, my, some of my family, they got up and left at that point, and they looked at my wife and I and as if telling us, well, you're going to leave now, aren't you? And at that point, we decided, no, we're going to stay here because these are my cousins and this is their world. We're going to stay here in their world. And it's the best conversation I had with those cousins ever. Sometimes we need to go where they are to reach into and be in their place where they're comfortable. But we begin to realize that as we reach out to these people, that it often involves risk. It involves risk. For sometimes it's a risk of what we might consider contamination. For Jesus, he took that risk when he touched the leper. When he reached the life of of the centurion and his servant, people would have considered that to be contaminating them as Jewish people. We need to take that risk and touch the lives of people. And there are times when people are struggling with, with physical disease that we do need to say, you know what, God, with your help, I will reach in and I will touch this person or we're willing to reach out where it may seem like it is a dirty place or a dirty person, but to be willing to touch them anyway with the risk of getting dirty. But we have to remember that we always do this with their permission. With their permission. But this may also mean or involve a risk of condemnation. A risk of condemnation. You see, Jesus was condemned regularly because he always seemed to be doing the unacceptable thing. Jesus always seemed to be doing something that was wrong at the wrong time, the wrong place, the wrong people, and so on. He always had people that were criticizing him because of what he did. And I believe that when we reach out in this kind of a way, that we also run that risk of being condemned as well. But you know who will condemn us? The people that condemned Jesus mostly were the religious people. And that's often where our risk comes in, to be condemned by those who are the religious around us, to be condemned for you work with those people, you talk to those people, you hang out with those people. Like who would do that? 
And we can often face criticism for that. Are we willing to go beyond what is comfortable and willing to face that risk and to face it when it happens? And then last of all, reaching out involves the will. You notice that the key question that was asked is, Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The centurion came, Jesus, if you're willing, you can heal my servant from a distance. And I believe that question is also asked of us. Are we willing? Are we willing? And I think that's what it really boils down to. You see, there are many that are needy around us. Many who need us to reach beyond what is comfortable for us. And we have the resources. We have all that we need in Christ to make a difference in their lives as he is at work in and through us. And I wonder how many out there are asking the question of us, are you willing? Are you willing? Jesus was willing. And he's still willing to reach into the lives of people that need him, that need his healing touch. And it's up to us then to come to him and say, Lord, here I am. I ask you to make a difference in my life. Maybe there are those among us this morning, whether it's here or online, who need a touch from Jesus this morning. Now, it may be uncomfortable for you, whatever that might be that keeps you from wanting to approach him. It may be beyond your comfort zone, but take that step. Reach out to him and allow him to touch your life this morning. There may be others that are here or joining us online who you need to reach out and touch somebody. Now, you probably know who that is. Because if, in fact, the Spirit has been speaking to you, I think he's been showing to you who that might be. The question is, are you willing? Are you willing? May God give us the courage to move out beyond our circles of comfort and minister to those that need our touch as God touches them through us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow before you this morning, we thank you so much that you invite us to come to you. Thank you that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the price for us so that the, 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 the veil of the temple figuratively, it was even literally, was torn, that we might come to you directly as we bow before you and worship and adoration and in submission. Thank you for inviting us to you. And Lord, this morning, I want to pray for those that may be here, maybe online, that this morning need your touch. Lord, I pray that even now that they would reach out and say, Lord Jesus, here I am. I trust you. Lord, if you are willing, make me clean. Lord, we pray that even now that you would reach in and touch the lives of these people and that you would make a profound difference, such a significant difference that they would recognize that it is clearly you that is at work and that they would be able to document what you've done. And so we trust you. 
Lord, also as you've been speaking to us and to many of us about the lives of people around us that need to be touched by you, need us to reach in and touch their lives as you are working and through us. Lord, I pray that you would give us the grace and strength and mercy and the will. As we learned in Philippians, that you are at work in us to get us to not only do it, but to will to do it. Lord, that we would be willing to reach in and touch the lives of people that till now we might have been afraid to do so. And Lord, I look forward to what you're going to do as we respond in obedience to you. But we know we can't do it on our own. It's not simply our touch. It's you working in and through us. And so we submit ourselves to you and may your will be done in us as it is in heaven. And may lives of people be changed around us because of you. In Jesus' name we pray.